John, it's hard to believe that we're almost at the end of 2022. It's it's hard to even say, frankly. I know that uh, especially the second half of the year as the world opened up has just flown by. I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah, it's one of those years where you think back to the beginning of the year being totally different from the end of the year. But Julie, I think one thing that was pretty consistent this year, and, and you and I both talked about this, is that we have had such great guests on the podcast this year that, uh, you know, I don't know about you, I guess I'm speaking for the both of us, but we learn as much in producing these podcasts as I hope our listeners are learning as they as they hear them. Absolutely. I know my family gets to hear a recap of every single guest that we have around the dinner table when we gather afterwards. And it's been a, a, just an infusion of energy and ideas. And, and I just feel so thankful for all of the individuals that have been willing to take time to join us here on the Human Centric Investing Podcast this year. So, Julie, we're going to use this episode to do something a little bit different. We're going to take some time, you and I, to talk to our listeners about what our favorite episodes most memorable episodes of this year were. And at the end of our episode, Julie, we'll get to ask one another some of those lightning round questions uh, that we have stunned and amazed our podcast guests with. So something to look forward to. But hey, without any further delay, let's get into thinking about and talking about our favorite podcast episodes of 2022. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Julie. We're the hosts of the Hartford Fund's Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Every other week, we're talking with inspiring thought leaders to hear their best ideas for how you can transform your relationships with your clients. Let's go. Well, John, one episode that really stands out in my mind, and and I because it's our best of, I wore my favorite leopard print today because I've never met an animal print that I didn't love. So I thought that would be a festive way to celebrate this episode. So I just wanted to let you know that because it was important. But we spoke with Barbara Kay, who's a business psychology coach and has written books about uh, enhancing one's performance, et cetera. But she has a passion for helping financial professionals really break down a lot of the elements of their interactions and communications to make them more streamlined. And th the episode that really stuck out was how to navigate difficult conversations with clients. But after I thought and reflected about some of the guidance that she gave, I really think that it applies to all difficult conversations. And that's why I think it's a tool that all of us can continue to use, whether it's in our personal lives, in our business lives, with clients, or even with team members. And I just feel like, John, and I don't know if you agree with me, that the world continues to get more interesting and more complicated. And I just think some of these, these reminders that Barbara shared with us are invaluable. Well, Julie, uh, when we were talking about this in our intro, we talked about what a crazy year 2022 has been. And uh, when we think about emerging out from under the shadow of the COVID uh, pandemic, and, you know, I remember reading so many articles about why are people so weird, literally was the title of some of these articles. Add into that, it was a midterm election year. We had crazy market volatility, including in the fixed income markets, which haven't been seen. So when you talk about difficult conversations, it was kind of a grab bag. But what I loved about what Barbara did is she kind of gave us a track to run on, regardless the content of that difficult conversation. 
Exactly. So they're really life tools. And that's what I think it, it, all of us are trying to do is continue to collect those life tools, those arrows in our quiver to help us have better, deeper, more meaningful, more professional, productive conversations. And one of the tools that just has struck me, and I have used it countless times, was when preparing for a potentially difficult conversation, rather than focusing on the person first, focus on yourself, center yourself, take those 30 or 60 seconds to deep breathe or meditate or reflect. And I, I had never thought about it that way. I was definitely entering those conversations through the other person door. And that, that was a tool that just stuck out in my mind. And it's something that was really powerful. And Julie, the one thing I remember that stuck with me about that episode is her talking about prior to the meeting, envision how you want that client to feel as they're leaving, right? And just that experience yes. of walking through that would help you kind of create that atmosphere in that conversation. So yeah, for sure. I, I, I love that episode as well. And the final, the final guideline that I think she gave was really focusing on your breath and making that breath work a true part of the conversation. And I can tell you as a person that's been in financial services my whole career, breath work is not a tool that I typically whip out of my toolkit. And so I, I think those are just great reminders to all of us that we control so much of the outcome of those conversations. And if we start with ourselves and then focus on the client or the, the team member or the family member, whomever we're having the conversation with, but then circle back to ourselves, the outcome will be so much more positive. So the wonderful thing about brain research now is we can actually see what happens in the brain with uh, neuroimaging. And what we know is the emotional centers of the brain is the, is the caveman brain. And it lights up automatically when emotional contagion happens, when somebody triggers us with their own emotion. And a great way to calm that down before you go into the next meeting and just to center yourself is to take a few moments of noticing your breath noticing the sensations around you. Everybody talks about deep breathing and I will tell you neuropsychologically, this is 100% true. And it doesn't have to be obvious. You don't have to do a whole big yoga thing. You just take 30, 60 seconds to calm yourself. The key is to get out of the mind chatter of your head and focus on the breath and the bodily sensations. So Julie, one of the episodes that I picked is one of my favorites from 2022 was the uh, podcast that we did with Matt Baker, Wellington Management Company. Uh, Matt, as a portfolio manager, I thought just had a really unique way of taking complex topics and really boiling them down into, you know, stories and things that, that we could all benefit from and begin to maybe comprehend a little bit better. I agree. And John, when you said the, the power of story, and I know that's something that you and I talk about day in and day out with financial professionals is really honing and embracing the power of story, no matter what the topic is. And I think oftentimes when I'm thinking about uh, an investment or you know serious financial topic, I don't think about pairing that with story. You know, It's all about the facts and the figures. And the way that he framed that was really enlightening for me. And I know I learned so much. The other thing I think I really appreciated about not only his, that conversation on that podcast, but many of the uh, kind of the investment folks that we had on this year, but Matt exemplified it was that he shared his convictions. And it's interesting. 
none of us have a crystal ball, right? So, but it is great to hear someone that, you know, really thinks clearly and, and maybe, you know, takes actions based on their best understanding of what's going on. And so I really appreciated the clarity with which he spoke to us. Wholeheartedly agree. I also learned a lot about fishing during that episode, a topic that I know absolutely <laughs> nothing about. So that stood out for me because as you two were talking, I thought, oh my gosh, I had no idea. This was such a complicated process. So I walked away with just a whole host of life learnings. So as a little background for our listeners, Julie, when we recorded that episode back in, oh, it was probably June of 2022 and we aired it in July, I think. Um, I had just come off the best fishing trip of my life, tuna fishing off the Outer Banks. And I happened to find out that Matt Baker is also an avid fisherman. And so towards the end of that episode, Julie, Matt shared with us a story about fishing and he related it to how he thinks about choosing securities, evaluating security, so on and so forth. And I'll, this is a phrase that has stuck with me. He said to his son, most of the fish are caught before we ever leave the dock. And he described about how they'll go a hundred miles out in the ocean, but they may only fish in a very small area. But in order to determine where to fish, what bait to use, all that kind of stuff, there's so much research that goes in on the front end analyzing things like the salinity of the water and and the wind speed and wind directions and all that kind of thing i thought was fascinating because i am nowhere near that kind of a fisherman julie i like to pay my money get on the boat somebody hands you the rod and says reel it in uh that's my idea of fishing but i thought matt's analogy and thinking about that most fish are caught before we ever leave the dock was probably one of my favorite statements of that whole podcast episode that was so powerful. And frankly, hearing about all of the strategy involved in fishing, I actually thought maybe I could be a fisherwoman someday. So it gave me hope. You forget that dividends historically have pretty much accounted for about 50% of the overall total return of a market. And in some environments, specifically in the 70s and into the 80s, where you have inflation and stagflation, that actually goes way up, right? So in the 70s into the 80s, the percentage of the total return coming from dividends was more like 75%. So, you know, dividends have always been an important part of an overall portfolio. I think it's just been forgotten about over the past, um, you know, 15 years or so when, when that percent of the overall return of the market has gone way down. However, if you think about the environment over the past 15 years, there was nothing normal about it in the context of history. We had interest rates at zero, pretty much. We had quantitative easing the whole time. Um, and you were, were rewarded for taking risk. So, John, another episode that has really stood out in my mind was uh, with Dave Francis, the founder and CEO of Health Pilot. He joined us to talk about the process of selecting healthcare coverage and the fact that there really aren't a lot of good trusted resources to easily digest all of that rapidly changing information. You know, what, what is our circumstance? What is our health status? What medications are we taking? What doctors do we see? And how do we compile that into a really smart decision? And I think what was so interesting is he said, you know, usually my employer helped me with that through, through my years of working. I checked a few boxes on annual enrollment and it was very turnkey and simple. And all of a sudden, as I'm having to make these decisions for myself, it's extremely overwhelming. 
Well, Julie, I'm the trusted advisor in our family, especially for my mother. And I dread the fall of the year because I know that she's going to be asking me questions about medical coverages, Medicare, Medicare supplement, uh, you know, the, the drug, different drug options, so on and so forth. And I have no idea what I'm doing there. And as you said, um, we don't even know sometimes where to turn or who to turn to. You're concerned. Am I doing business with someone? If I go to seek advice, is someone getting paid for, to sell me a product or a platform? And I thought, wow, when I, when I heard about Health Pilot and I heard about their process and their tool, uh, I was just, I, I was kind of amazed. I didn't know anything like that existed. I didn't either. And he, Dave and Health Pilot were helping me solve a problem that I didn't even know I had, which was my mom in a similar situation kept calling me, love you, mom, always will take your calls. But over not only the decisions for herself and my dad as they approach Medicare age, but for her mother, my grandmother. And she was, you know, reading off medications and asking me, what do you think? And I just kept thinking, what I think is I have absolutely no idea. But what was so exciting was that I was able to refer her to Health Pilot and she went to the website and she put in all the information and it really helped clarify some of these decisions for her. Not to say that the calls and texts didn't end there, but I, I think it, it added some credibility to the conversation and it was a much needed resource for me personally that I didn't anticipate needing at this stage of my life. And Julie, when I think about the financial professionals that listen to our podcast and that we meet with quite often, I mean, they're presented daily with questions like these coming from clients that, you know, look, we're all in this business because we want to help people find solutions and we want to guide them in the right way. But oftentimes these conversations are kind of off the ranch from what we're typically dealing with and what we're educated in. So just understanding that there are resources out there that we may be able to point our clients to, I think is encouraging for a, a lot of people. And as you know, Julie, it's it's part of the client experience, right? Educate me, but what's the second part? Connect me to resources that can help. And I, I thought that episode we did with Health Pilot uh, definitely pointed us to a great resource that's available. Wholeheartedly agree. And I think so often we have a line item in the financial plan for our clients that says healthcare. And there's a dollar figure that we've, we've associated with that. But when you start actually peeling back the layers, which healthcare, which plan, which coverage, that's where it becomes so incredibly challenging. And I think if you're not neck deep in that every single day and it's not your total focus, the, the details change so quickly, it's nearly impossible to keep your arms wrapped around that. So Health Pilot is a very important resource from a financial pers professional perspective. And Julie, just one more thing is that if you screw it up, the outcome is not good. You have somebody that you really care about spending too much money for coverage that they may not be getting. So in terms of efficiency, yeah, a tool like this seems very warranted. Absolutely. There are a few resources out there. A lot of people visit Medicare.gov, uh, the, the government website for, for, for all things Medicare. Um, there's a lot of information there, but you're, you've got to rely on your own smarts to kind of figure it out. And then, and then back to your point, um, the, the really diligent folks will build their own spreadsheet and, and still not feel terribly confident or comfortable that they're making a really good decision. It seems as though this is something that somebody ought to be able to build a, a technology platform around to, to help people out for. And um, 
amazingly, nobody had ever done it until now. And that's what we set about to do at Health Pilot. Julie, another favorite episode uh, that I had from 2022 was the podcast that I did with JT Taylor of Hedgeye. Uh, he was our political insider guy that was going to inform us about everything that was going to happen in the midterm elections in November. And we released that episode, I think it was the beginning of October. And, you know, Julie, recently, I just went back and re-listened to that podcast. And I would ask our listeners to do the same thing, even if you only can listen to, let's say, part of the podcast, the first half. It was amazing to me how much JT Taylor was right on the number in terms of what he thought would happen in the midterm elections. So, John, I have to admit, when I heard political podcast, I ran for the hills. No, just kidding. I, I wasn't able to join <laughs> I you because you I was on a plane for a business trip. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Promise I didn't leave you high and dry. But when I went back and listened to it, I usually say in this world, in whatever facet you're looking at, that our crystal balls are a bit murky. I mean, that's just I think that's a pretty, pretty standard synopsis. But wow, JT Taylor's was quite clear. You are so right. It was unbelievable. Some of his comments and, and thoughts and projections, how spot on they were down to even the minor details. Yeah. And when you think about the difficulty of talking about elections, in fact, we, we talk oftentimes to advisors about this, is that we all have our personal feelings, right? And let's face it, elections are emotional. And it's one of the reasons why elections and investing don't usually match, right? Because we know that emotions can oftentimes cause people to make horrendous investing decisions. But when I listened to the JT Taylor podcast, again, went back and listened to it. And then I thought about kind of where our emotions were in that month or so before the election. It was, there's going to be a red wave. There's going to be a red trickle. There's going to be, it's not a question of, you know, by how much or, you know, of if, but by how much, that kind of thing. Um, but man, I, then I went back and listened to JT and, and I said, he literally told us what exactly would happen a month later. And it was just uncanny how close that he was to it. And so uh, one of the things I hope we can do this coming year, Julie, is maybe get JT back on to tell us, OK, now that you did so well with that, tell us what all of this means. I, I would love to hear his insight. So hopefully we can line that up. Uh, I certainly would look forward to that. I would too. And I promise I'll join you for that episode this time. You know, the other thing <laughs> that, that JT said that I think <laughs> the other thing that JT said that I think is important to think about when we're thinking about readying ourselves mentally, emotionally, is he, he was very clear that the next two years will continue to be potentially even more challenging, even uglier than they've been. And I just think that that context and perspective is so important for all of us to keep in mind rather than thinking, oh, the worst is behind us. Take a deep breath and a blank slate will begin in 2023, that we're going to continue to have these challenging conversations, mindset differences. It's going to continue to be a little bit messy and we just need to look inward and maybe take those calming breaths, ready ourselves for the potential conversations or conflict that might might arise in the future. So Julie, just to kind of add a concluding thought, I actually contacted JT after re-listening to the podcast episode, just thanked him. And he wrote back to me, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but his one comment was, yeah, crazy times, 
crazier times ahead. So if you thought if you thought we were getting off that treadmill, I don't think so. So uh, yeah, that's why I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, and his comments stick with me even post election. And one final comment on JT, I had to laugh. Most of our guests, when we say the lightning round, they, they sort of breathe a sigh of relief and think, oh, this is about me. Perfect. The, the tough questions are over. JT had the exact opposite reaction. He was like, oh, oh no, lightning round. Oh, okay. It was really funny. So all of a sudden we were really going to stump him with the personal questions. He'll talk politics all day long. So I had to laugh about that, yeah. a, a, a turn of events. <laughs> This is going to be the, this is going to come down to the wire, John. I mean, down to the very wire uh, with all the factors I'm looking at right now. Uh, you've got about seven, eight Senate seats in some of the same exact states that played a major role, no surprise here, in, in 2020. You have Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, New Hampshire, uh, and the list goes on. Uh, it's going to come down to those eight seats. Remember, um, every Every two years, one third of the Senate is up. So this year, um, 30, it should be 33 or 34. It's one more this year because uh, we had a retirement. And so they're looking to fill that vacancy. Uh, but the Republicans are defending 22 of those 33 or 34 seats. So they've got more ground to defend. Um, and the Democrats have left less, which gives the Dems a bit of an advantage. But again, some of the states where the Democrats are running are in pure purple states and in, in states where um, there have been Republican or Democrat retirements. So um, in my view, it is going to come down to the wire. I do think right now the Democrats have an edge. Uh, there has been, and I know you guys have been bombarded with this, this talk of the, the so-called untested Republican candidates out there versus the establishment, but the Republicans would have an advantage, in my opinion, if they had gone through and uh, nominated some of the, the more establishment types and untested in some cases isn't bad. I mean, I would prefer a Maverick nine chances out of 10 rather than the old guard. But if you're Mitch McConnell, John, uh, and you want to keep this or you want to take over the Senate, you want the best possible candidate that's going to win in, in their mind, uh, minds and that of their, their various committee arms, the Senate Republican committee, they're going to want, uh, an establishment candidate in there that is going to unify the party. So Julie, this is the hard part. You know, usually we get to ask the guests these questions, but today it's all on us. So Julie, I'm going to pass the baton. Why don't you start with the question asking and we'll go from there. That sounds great. Well, I'm really excited to hear your insight, John. I've always been curious how you would answer some of these questions when we're hearing from some of our guests. So let's start with this. On a scale of one to 10, how good of a driver are you? 10, no doubt about it. Without a doubt, I'm a 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the conviction. I would have said 9.5 just to have that room for improvement. <laughs> uh, there <laughs> for is no room for improvement. Actually, what I'm thinking, Julia, can only go one way from here and it isn't good. Uh, how about, Julie, what's for dinner tonight? It is uh, a spicy chicken enchilada that I made. So I'm pretty excited about that. New recipe I tried. I'm trying to diversify the, the menu lineup. So there we go. Are you a morning person or a night owl? There is absolutely no doubt about this. I am a morning person, uh, have always been, always will be. Uh, and if I make it past 10 p.m., it's a good day for me. 
Right there with you. I, I think 930 is the perfect bedtime, in my opinion. But um, so, John, are you uh, do you prefer cake or pie? I'm definitely a pie guy, which is kind of amazing because my wife doesn't like any kind of pies. So usually it's the big family get togethers where somebody knows that I like pie, that they'll bring one. Thanksgiving is always a good one because somebody usually brings a blueberry pie, which is one of my favorites. How about would you rather read a book? or listen to Audible? Read a book all day long. I love the feeling of just kind of like going through it and knowing what progress you're at. Um, I know that won't be shocking to you, but uh, definitely reading. So John, are you a, a fan of dogs or cats? I'm definitely a dog person. I have had cats earlier in my life, but uh, we like dogs and we actually like big dogs. So I should actually give her a call in here. But Sadie, our seven-year-old Rottweiler is reigning co-queen of the household. Um, and we just love her to death. That's great. Julie, I, I don't even need to ask this. I don't, are you messy or neat? <laughs> well, probably to your shock and dismay, I'm very neat. I find uh, comfort <laughs> in order and organization. And so if, if a room is disorganized, it, it actually brings me physical stress. So uh, definitely neat. I would have laid odds on that one, Julie. <laughs> I'm sure you would have. <laughs> John, are you a fan of the city or the country? No doubt. Raised in the country. Love the country. I'm a country guy. Obviously, Julie, what we do, we're often in cities. Uh, but Cities to me are not about relaxation and taking it all in. That's why I love the country so much. I'm going to ask the same question back at you. Cities are country for you. So it's funny. The younger me would have said city all day long, but uh, we're, you know, after the last two and a half years, I have realized there is something about just being able to be with those that you care about and sort of take it all in. So I'm, uh, I, I think I'm transforming into more of a country fan. Uh, it's interesting how we evolve through our life. Well, Julie, our listeners should know that on our team, Julie is known as the queen of efficiency. So Julie, the next question is paper to-do list or digital? So I'm going to throw you for a loop here and I'm going to say both because Okay. The digital, I can access wherever I am and I can always see what needs to be done. But there is something with every fiber of my being that feels so good about actually crossing things off of that paper list. So I'll actually put things on the paper list that I did, weren't on there, but I've already accomplished just to cross them off. And boy, does it feel good. I tell you, it's amazing. Yeah, that surprises me. I, I would have thought you were totally digital. Yeah. No, no, there's just that one piece of that physical, you know, watching the list be crossed off. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever lose that, but uh, we'll see. John, I'm curious because this is one of my favorite questions, and I think it's always so interesting how people answer. But from your perspective, what's the best age? You know, I would say, Julie, and I'll cheat because a lot of our guests have given the proper answer, I think, which is the age you're currently at. And I'm surprised how many people say that. But let me just share with you, because my my children are now in their early 20s and uh, people will always ask me, oh, don't you miss the the soccer games and the ice hockey games and the school activities? And you know what my answer is, Julie? Not for one minute. I mean, honestly, I loved it when we were going through it, but I love the phase of life we're in right now. And I, I'm the eternal optimist about, you know, what's in store tomorrow. Right. I'm one of those people that. 
I think I get more joy out of planning about looking ahead than I do actually in the moment. But uh, so for me, uh, the current age is my favorite age. You know, it's funny, John, that that's your that was your answer because when I when we first saw these questions, and I saw that what's your ideal age, my just absolute knee jerk reaction was today this age and I'm, I'm right there with you i'm shocked at how many of our guests have answered that and I, I couldn't agree more i think it's about today and living in today and i think you know looking in the rearview mirror is a tough one and you know we're always trying to do better tomorrow so i think that's a i wholeheartedly agree with that uh mindset well julie thanks those uh those questions allow us both to learn a little bit more about each other and maybe our audience to learn a little bit about us so thanks for playing absolutely so Julie, as we shared, those were a few of our favorite episodes and most memorable episodes from 2022. And I think you'll agree it was hard to pick just a couple of them. I said, it, you know, that's an impossible choice to make. And Julie, I think that coming up in 2023, we're going to have even more difficult choices because it seems like we're being contacted by really interesting guests with different perspectives. And so Coming up, we'll have another episode with Dave Specht, who talks about kind of family family wealth and, and this time looking at, at businesses and family businesses and helping in the management of that kind of wealth. We had, a, I think, a great conversation that we're going to be sharing with everyone from Professor Jeff Hall at the University of Kansas. Uh, we're being asked to talk a lot about uh, kind of social connection issues, especially as we age. And Dr. Hall is kind of an expert in the area of relationships. And I think he's got some really great insights that everyone's going to want to hear. Julie, also from a qualified plan standpoint, we're going to be talking with Rick Unser, who I know has kind of a following of his own in the 401k space, talking to us about where we can spot opportunities to serve clients who may have needs in the 401k space or other qualified plan space. So there's just a great lineup of people coming our way. I, I just, uh, you know, I'm going to look forward. The end of the year is great. The holidays are terrific to spend time with family, but it, really I can't wait to get on to some of these future conversations. Well, John, you know, we at Hartford Funds have a passion for helping financial professionals with their practice and their teams and ultimately their client experience. And at this time of year, I would be remiss to mention our own business strategy and planning tools. At hartfordfunds.com teams, we have a white paper on new year, new batteries, new business plan that talks about the importance of annual planning. And to help you in this effort, we also have a sample team annual offsite agenda posted there for you to edit as you see fit. We have a host of other resources. So if you're interested in digging deeper, don't hesitate to reach out to your Hartford Funds Advisor Consultant to help guide you in your planning process. And from both John and myself, we wish all of you a happy and healthy and productive holiday season, says the queen of efficiency in me. And we look forward to bringing you more human-centric ideas in 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to the Hartford Funds Human-Centric Investing Podcast. If you'd like to tune in for more episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. And if you'd like to be a guest and share your best ideas for transforming client relationships, email us at guestbooking at hartfordfunds.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. 
For dividend paying stocks, dividends are not guaranteed and they may decrease without notice. The views and opinions expressed herein are those of our featured guests who are not affiliated with Hartford Funds. The views expressed here should not be construed as investment advice. They are based on available information and are subject to change without notice. The information above is intended as general information and is not intended to provide nor may it be construed as providing tax, accounting, or legal advice. As with all matters of a tax or legal nature, please consult with your tax or legal counsel for advice.